Welcome to the Calyrex Game Corner's Pokemon D&D campaign, featuring Cindy, a hot-headed teen with a penchant for arson, Gimli, an admirable father seeking to reunite his family, Elodie, a fun-loving baker with a whimsical heart, and Schmidt, a courageous young man searching for his purpose with a duck. Together, they make the Quacko Paco, and this is Dunsparce and Drampop. As it turns out, Jim Lee had gone on an impressive tear through the 16 gyms of Kanto and, and Johto, and then entered a surprise three-week training arc with Champion Red on the remote Mount Silver in the Johto region, which is when Gimli and his wife Gemma stopped hearing from him. However, Jim Lee had descended Mount Silver shortly after Gimli arrived in Lily Cove, and Jim Lee repeatedly attempted to contact his mother, in addition to some of Gimli's co-workers at the Orberg Mining Association, with no luck whatsoever. After deciphering a secret message in a letter Gimli had received from Gemma at the start of Gimli's adventure in Hoenn, it appears that she too has been kidnapped by Team Neo-Rocket Galactic for reasons unknown. The Paco coordinated with Gimli to experiment with the powers of the Atlas Stone, determining that while the Paco is now in possession of three mysterious artifacts, Team NRG likely has at least nine of them, and for whatever reason are keeping them somewhere over the eastern Hoenn Ocean outside of Lily Cove City where their adventure began. After much discussion and finishing a hearty meal, Gimli, Jimli, Schmidt, Elodie, Cindy, and a rattled Omari sit around the warmth of a Macargo discussing their next order of business. What will the Paco do? Uh, didn't we have a map that we were needing to check out? Uh, the mural, I yeah. believe. Oh, yeah, is that the what mural. you're referring to? Uh, the, Let's check out that mural. Yeah, this cavern is home to a large mural. You can see around the edges of it that... Uh, it seems to have been chiseled away, perhaps, perhaps by a someone who is skilled with rocks, who is currently residing in this room. Do you just wish to begin looking at it, or do you have any questions for Jim Lee before you start digging in? I'm going to feast upon it with my eyes. Okay. If the party likes to feast upon it, this is a miniature skill challenge. I will request four distinct checks, and you all have to volunteer for which skill you are making. Your categories oh. are history, religion... Okay. Arcana and investigation. You can all only pick one, and they have to be different. What's my worst? Oh, I'm not good at any of them. So. Are you going to pick your worst? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I can do investigation. Depending on what everyone, how well they do in their specific things, will determine the interpretation of the mural. That's like all int rolls, right? Pretty much. I am. Um, I yeah, they are factually. Six int. investigation. I am proficient in is... investigation and history. I have plus six to investigation. Yeah, that you guys pick what you want, thing. and then I'll just have to roll the worst one. Gimli did. Oh, the, yeah, the only one. You know what? No, one I'll of you can take investigation. One. I can take history or arcana. What is the last one? History, arcana, investigation, and religion. So, have we made a consensus about who is doing what? I feel like Schmidt should do history. Okay, yeah. I could agree with he that. He is the lore, the lore keeper. The lore keeper yeah, history guy. Oh. <laughs> I can do Arcana then because I'm like a fairy person. Okay. You are a fairy person. Yep, yep, yep. Cindy, I'm plus investigation. six investigation. So I guess I'll do history because that's the last one. No, no, uh, no what's the last one? Religion. That's what it was. Sorry, <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. Yeah, okay. we just went through this whole warkeeper thing. I was like, <laughs> okay. Cindy is investigating. Investigating with a nineteen. Okay, I'm writing these down. Yeah, get your rolls in, gamers. Yes. I am religioning with a six. Okay. Ah, shit. I got a 21. Wow, nice. Let's go. Let's uh, go. Yeah. 
there's Let's go, no, baby. There, I can't find any religious subtext having to do with this thing. It's As okay. an expert We're on like, religion, fuck math. We're why can't secular? So it's <laughs> you know secular. That's a good word. Seventeen. All in all, you guys rolled pretty well. Schmidt gazes upon the mural, referencing uh, the history that he learned from his time spent in Johto and just his keen memory on historic events. Uh, and he gets a 17. Gimli thinks back of uh, the religion that is strewn into the lifestyle of the Sinnoh region, as many people there are very pious. However, he himself is not, and nor is Gemma, and nor is Gimli. Um, and he rolls a 6. Cindy uses her keen investigational skills as spending the majority of her um, independent life adventuring by herself um, and she gazes upon it and gathers quite a bit of information with a 19 elodie calls upon her experience with the whimsical magical properties of fairy types and uh channels her experience with those into the evaluation of this mural and rolls a 21 in arcana all in all you have broken 40 which is an important threshold so let's see what you guys see on this mural it is largely a semicircle. The flat end meets where you are all standing with Jim Lee and all of his Pokemon, and then it curves upwards in, in a big dome. At the top of the dome, there is a simple oval just existing. And as the mural descends, it appears, thanks to the roles that you made, particularly Schmidt's history role, it appears that this mural is designed in a way that it descends through time. Um, that as the mural gets lower, the progression of time moves forwards. Following this single oval surrounded by nothing, it hatches, it bursts into a distinct symbol. Cindy, make an additional history check. Uh, my history is plus one, so that's a dirty 20. Very good. Um, gazing upon the symbol, Cindy tugs at the amulet around her collar and acknowledges that it is the same symbol. It is a concentric ring with uh, four, we'll say, extensions that have small little emblems on the end of each one from that design extends a myriad many 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 shapes that look vaguely like arms and they reach into the darkness pulling stars and nebulae and moons and planets and other celestial bodies into concert with one another then depicted are three hands pulling three creature shapes Based on your roles, you see a bipedal creature, a quadrupedal creature, and a serpentine creature. The mural descends deeper. It illustrates an image that reminds you of the planet that you exist on. We will call it Earth. Uh, it zooms into this Earth, and it shows many inhabitants of this planet. Many, many monsters that are similar to ones that you are familiar with. Additionally, there are many perhaps large or special creatures indicated that are somehow influencing Earth. Uh, there is a large golem that is shown standing in water that is pushing land around. In a slightly lower section, you see among the creature's shapes, some kind of familiar, some vaguely unfamiliar, you see the shapes of what appear to be humans. After all of this, the mural extends down further, and it appears that Earth has been created. It is complete. And uh, the thousand arms that were extending from the amulet are depicted as taking a different form, coalescing into something vaguely llama-shaped. And as such, it begins to close its eyes and it disappears from the mural from here on out. Before doing so, before resting after this immense act of creation, it is shown around it 18 rectangles. 
you had gazed upon this mural just prior in the previous conversation, and you may have noticed the 18 being a significant number based on what you were doing with the Atlas Stone. It distributes these 18 rectangles among the humanoid shapes in the mural. The humans are shown utilizing them with awesome power to create civilization. Uh, Fires warm homes. Rains are ushered in by individuals tending to agriculture, watering crops, and humanity and the planet overall seems to be flourishing. There is a depiction of a temple that is atop a large mountain where two individuals hold their rectangles aloft. Upon doing this, a shadowy creature emerges from a vortex. This shadowy creature seems to be disrupting the harmony that is created by the humans on the planet, and it rampages across the land, destroying many settlements and killing many humans and creatures depicted. They are all strewn about. Many humans gather in a place of worship, as it seems a temple, and uh, the thousand-armed creature that has assumed the shape of a, perhaps, a llama or a quadruped, returns. And it is shown removing all of these 18 rectangles from the humans and then redistributing them amongst the innocent creatures. There are 18 particular creatures that seem to be highlighted in a way to suggest that they are individually responsible for the care of these artifacts. Then there's a big dissection, perhaps. It seems like almost the art style of this mural changes, uh, or maybe different tools were used. It seems that this portion of it is perhaps uh, of a different era. It zooms in, it seems to focus on what appears to be the Hoenn region. It seems very familiar, has, has similar topography. There is, appears to be a meteor shower. This mural reminds you of art that you saw in Meteor Falls. And some Pokemon are shown, one being somewhat of an aquatic leviathan, and one being like a, a bipedal kind of dinosaur shape, are shown rampaging. There's additionally showed a meteor crashing into the northwestern corner of the region, and then it shows many little humans moving into that region following the crash. There is one human highlighted in particular that is wearing a cloak or a cape of some sort, and they are shown kneeling. In the next scene of the mural, a large serpentine Pokemon descends from the sky and quells the conflict between the the two other raging creatures. Then the mural just falls into the ground, and you can't see it anymore because that's where the ground is. Uh, Jim Lee observes all of you looking at it with great intent, and he says, Yeah, I've been uncovering this mural. Red and I thought that there would be something of interest here in Granite Cave, and I, I think I found it. It actually extends deeper, too. If you came up here, you might have saw a tunnel that I dug out to look at the rest of it. You're welcome to go down if you want. Yeah, we probably should, huh? Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Jim Lee says, I could describe it to you, but it's probably just better if you take a look for yourself. I'm still trying to figure these out. I have no idea what they really mean. So do you take his advice and head on down? Assuming we can do that safely. Yeah. Uh, there is a rope that seems to be like dug into a stake sturdily in the ground where you guys ascended. Um, you could also find a different method to enter the tunnel if you so wish. Lisson, you want to lead the way for us? I, I know you have the setup, so some some people are probably not familiar with climbing. Jim Lee flashes a smile and a wink. He says, absolutely, come with me. And he struts on forward, leaving his Pokemon behind. Uh, none of them seem to particularly mind. Golem does kind of look off, like waiting, waiting an order, but is not given one, so... Uh, Golem decides to stay put. Uh, you march down the tunnel where the trap was. The trap is disengaged because, you know, it, Schmidt was inside of it. So it's just stuck to the ceiling now. It's not like ready to trap anything. Mm. And Jim Lee identifies the rope and he, he grabs some slack off of it and he repels. What he does is that he grabs the rope and he spins and he jumps and then he sticks his feet into the wall beneath. And then he just hops mm. while loosening the rope bit by bit. And he mm. says, y'all are more than welcome to join me. And he just starts hopping down the wall. Yeah, you guys follow him. I'll bring up the rear. 
Okay. Just guess I gotta pull somebody up for, for whatever reason. Cindy's gonna have at it. Okay. This is a fairly easy strength or dexterity check of seven. You could call it athletics. I wouldn't call it acrobatics. You are using a rope. Athletics? Could be, if you want. Oh, okay. With athletics and a plus three modifier, I hit seven. Okay. Oh Meets it, beats it. Cindy beats it, beats it. is yeah. ready to go, follows Jim Lee, grabs the rope, and starts rappelling down to the next room. By the skin of my teeth. Yep. All right, who's next? Yoink. Schmidt? <laughs> can Yoink. he do it? Yes, he can. Yeah. I rolled a seven. <laughs> So. Wow. That's okay. The, you guys are cutting it a little close. <laughs> yeah. No, Schmidt. with my like Dex modifier. Yeah, that's no, I'm fine. I'm chilling. Yeah. Um also roll me a perception check, Schmidt. I hate these so fucking much. Nope, you missed something. <laughs> yeah, I rolled a three. Yeah, that's too bad. Um <laughs> we're gonna... We do not see it. We are looking <laughs> yeah. away. Um just blind, dude. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll think about that when I go to bed tonight. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Vision impairments are no joke, guys. <laughs> Look at you guys assuming it's vision related. That's funny. Uh, Elodie, I believe uh. you're next. <laughs> you're making me even more nervous. <laughs> All right. That's like the whole point. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> you guys are in oh, a dungeon. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Elodie grabs the rope and repels down. At this point, Jim Lee has entered the second tunnel and he's like holding the rope steady so that um, it's easier for you all to get in there. Gimli, I think you automatically succeed based on your strength yeah. and athletics. Um, yeah, there's so, no way I can fail. Yeah, so you don't have to roll. Everyone descends into the tunnel that you all skipped on your way up. This one is not quite as large as the one above where you ran to Jimli, but it is a tunnel nonetheless. Uh, it seems to have been recently carved out, but something also suggests, well, Gimli, give me a give me a rock geology check. I don't know what that would be for you. Do, do Sounds like a wisdom modifier. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do 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 that's a wisdom. That's fine. I got fifteen. Yeah, so you can kind of tell one that you are very impressed with your son's uh, carving skills. Um, he is mm-hmm. quite skilled with a pickaxe and a chisel, uh, but you can tell just on the corners that this place has been dug out before with more rudimentary tools. Right. And you move forward, and you see another mural, quite a bit smaller, um, but also in a distinct, different art style. Jim Lee uh, strikes his torch that he brought down, and you are all welcome to gaze upon it. Uh, you could re-roll, or we could keep your same stats. I think, on average, you guys went 17-6-19-21. That's, like, above average. You're welcome to re-roll it if you want, but I think that's pretty good rolls. If y'all want to stick with yours, I understand. You gotta do it as a Isn't unit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Do you probably. want to re-roll? I don't care. It's gonna be probably poor either way, so. If you guys were satisfied with the detail you got from the last mural, you'll probably be satisfied with this detail as well. All right. I'm good to keep it. Okay. Same. Yeah, I was like, I'll leave it up to you guys, so we're good. Yeah. It continues. A map of Hoenn. Uh, there's continues to show a small civilization of humans living in the northwestern corner of Hoenn, where a meteor had once crashed in an ancient era. It shows more events. It shows a devastating hurricane. It shows quarrels between similar or perhaps the same great beasts creating havoc among the land, um, destroying crops and bringing torrential rain. And it shows each time a specific individual in, in a sort of a kneeling or pious position wishing upon a meteor in the sky that seems to calm all these calamities individually. They have Many have happened over the eras 
one of these calamities shows a meteor falling into the ocean. Um, this is the first time that it seems that a meteor has actually crashed into the region since the one in the northwestern corner. It shows the meteor once again being inhabited by people. Uh, people move into the meteor. Uh, and then it shows this new settlement in the middle of the Hoenn Ocean. You would say it's in the southeastern corner of the Hoenn Ocean. Uh, there's a depiction of a large tree and a large man. It shows the, these people calling upon this resident of the sky to shoo away storms, to aerate soil, um, even creating winds to power basic machinery. And then finally, it shows an image of a monster in the night sky and uh, this serpent doing battle against it. Each calamity that is depicted shows an individual with a cape either directing or riding the sky serpent. Then it shows mm. at the very bottom of this mural, it shows an individual with a cloak making a prayer, making a request that is not answered. And then the mural ends. Jim Just, Lee turns to you guys and says, well, what do you think? Looks at the guy with the cape. <laughs> hmm. Points. Points at Schmidt. Schmidt's hmm. <laughs> <laughs> doing the thing where he's like trying to look away and he's like tugging on his collar. He's yeah, like, no, no. no. Um, Jim is going to roll an insight. Yep. Yeah, he's oblivious to any <laughs> sort of connection. He's just like looking at it. He just says, yeah, I've been trying to figure this out and just all the notes that I have that I gathered from Red, we we don't know exactly what this is about. It's clearly historical. Uh, clearly these murals combined tell a story. Uh, but we aren't sure on the specifics. Someone explain this to my son. I know that look, and he's not catching what we're putting up there. I, I have that look all the time. Is, is I don't know cloak, anything that's going on either. Is the cloak very it's obviously the, the same as Schmidt's cloak? I was going to say. <laughs> I can imagine they look the same. Um, the You know, the detail on the depictions is perhaps a little artistic and also a little archaic simultaneously. That being said, if you removed like the tatters from Schmidt's cloak, then yeah, it looks it looks pretty. It looks the same. That cloak looks just like yours. That's crazy. I wonder where they got it. <laughs> um, another mine was designer. <laughs> designer. designer, designer tatters. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lee rolls oh, another like insight the, the... and gets a two, and he oh says, "Yeah, well, that's a weird coincidence. Who knows?" That's my boy. <laughs> my boy for sure would you guys opt to tell him or just move on and not let him know someone tell him <laughs> please i mean unless Your schmidt tells. unless schmidt doesn't want him to know i'm fine with him knowing okay i'm just not gonna do the the the, the kneeling summoning requests i think <laughs> ever that's so ever. fair it's valid honestly it's descended from lore keepers, who we think are the guy, the guy with the cloak. You, you are saying this to Jim Lee, of course, right? Yes. He actually gets it this time. He says, "Oh, interesting." And and Dad, you just you stumbled upon these friends. Yeah, just so happened to be at the right place at the right time. He shrugs and he makes like a very funny like. You know when someone's exasperated, like at a musical, and they put their hands on their hips and they go, "Huh." Oh yeah. He huh. <laughs> he does that, and he kind of like looks fondly uh, off in a distance that doesn't exist because he's in a tight tunnel. And then he turns to Schmidt and he says, "Wait, I th I thought you were from Johto, but apparently you're a Hoenn lore keeper. How does that work?" <laughs> there's a story. There's a. I don't have the whole story, but there's a story there. Jim Lee nods and he says, "Ah, just like this mural, 
There's a story, but we don't have all the details. Well, I appreciate all of your presence uh, while we try to interpret this, and I think you've given me a bit of insight. Interesting to know that this is the Hoenn Lorekeeper. Hmm. Yeah, it looks like it's related to some Draconid lore, probably. Should I show Jimly my amulet? You want to? I guess. Is this okay. the one that's going to make him pass the fuck out? No, no, no. This is no. the. It's this. It's basically the Arceus symbol. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, not the the thing he was holding. It's like the same person who gave me the Atlas oh. Stone gave me this. Uh, Cindy reveals her amulet that she's been wearing this whole journey. Uh, Elodie may have seen it before. However, this is news to Schmidt, Gimli, and Jimly. If anyone wants to make a roll on it, they're welcome to. And by anyone, I mean specifically Gimli or, or Schmidt. Can I make an anger roll? Sure. <laughs> this has been hidden from me. I got a roll to four. Okay. Yeah, you are mad, but you like can't reasonably justify it. But you are experiencing emotions, and that's good and healthy. But you just, you know, you know how it is. Uh, Gimli, do you have a roll? Uh, what were you rolling on? Sorry. Whatever you want. The, uh, the fact that I have an amulet. Yeah. How many fucking mystic rocks do we have? Gimli, could you restate what your roll was? Uh, it was a 14. Okay. What were you rolling? I don't know. I guess my reaction to it, which I'm not surprised by the news. I guess that uh, there was more stuff that I just didn't know about. Sure. Yeah. If you're going to have a generic roll, I will say there's been a lot of discussion about artifacts and stones and things that are perhaps powerful and ancient. Um, this one has a different quality to it. Uh, this seems more, a lot of things seem very utilitarian and like even the, the plates that you've been collecting have like a ruggedness to them. This is almost more like jewelry. Um, this is more regal and less rugged, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a, it's best described as a white circle with gold, um, inlay. And there are four little extensions in the, I'm going to say in the corners of the circle in quotes, but it is a circle. So it doesn't distinctly have corners. And in each little pointy part that's sticking out in those four corners is also inlaid an emerald, a green jewel. And Jim Lee takes a look at it and he says, oh, this is fancy. You know, this is the same shape that's at the top of the mural upstairs, uh, right after the, the, the circle opens. Where yeah, it is. It's also the same symbol that's at the... The Church of uh, Arceus that we went to in Mauville. Jim Lee says, oh, interesting. I recognize that religion from Sinnoh, but I did not know how multinational it was. Uh, where did you get it? Um, the same person who gave me the um, Atlas Stone gave it to me. And Jim Lee says, right. And who did you say that was again? A really, really old, not shiny Zoroark. Jim Lee says, oh, a Zoroark gave it to you? You know, there's Zoroarks in this cave. Yes. Oh, I'm familiar. Yeah, we found one that looked like oh. you. Yeah. There was an amulet there, and it made Gimli's head hurt. Jim Lee says, whoa, you know wait, anything about whoa, that? wait, Zoroark, you found a Zoroark that looked like me? And then there was something mm -hmm. else it had? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but Jim be careful, the amulet might give you a headache. Jim Lee says, odd. I, I'm, I am curious. I do want to look at it, but that's also very odd that a Zorak chose to illusion me as I've only seen them from a distance. So uh, very interesting that one might have gotten up close and personal without me knowing it. So you didn't was... put up the door that said nope? Jim Lee says, I don't know what you're talking about. Huh. Hmm. When was the last time you saw a Zorak? Jim Lee thinks back and he says, 
Well, I first started working in this cave about five days ago, and I didn't see one after I had found this mural. As I've been spending most of my time up here. So really the first day, so it must have been four or five days ago. And you haven't seen anybody else since then? Jim Lee shakes his head. He says, no, I think this is the deepest part of Granite Cave. Well, it is down there. And he like peers out to the end of the tunnel. And he says, where we are right now is actually pretty high. I think this is almost to the roof. Schmidt's hmm. head turns into like a like an alarm. Like a like a like a blow whistle. And it's like sus, 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 sus. <laughs> then who collapsed the ceiling? Jim Lee says, Oh, I did hear that. Uh, you know, this rope actually used to extend just through a, a, a hole that I dug out. Uh, I, I heard a, a clamoring and a, what sounded like fierce Pokemon battling. And I observed when I was climbing up here that I did not want to step on that part of the dungeon ceiling because it seemed very unstable, as many areas in this dungeon seems to be. So I just continued upwards along the wall where it seemed safe. And so I wasn't surprised when I heard it come crashing down. You, weren't, you, you were all safe from that, weren't you? We were under it. Jim Lee is a little taken aback, and he says, you must be more powerful trainers than I originally believed. I mean, I knew you were powerful, but dealing with a collapse like that is no easy feat. I'm sure that my dad had something to do with it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Always been a protector my whole life, ever since I was a kid. Always looking out for me. I did what I could. He says, well, I'm, I'm glad you're all okay. Uh, you know, we can have some more food. Uh, let me, and then he pulls out a complicated looking wristwatch. It's all analog. It's all mechanical. He says, let's see, in this part of Hoenn, it's probably just about 11 PM. So if you were thinking about if you wanted to leave the cave or if you wanted to not worry about getting lost and spend the night here, that's up to you. I know you're exhausted. You've just eaten. So you must be tired. What, what does Omari think? Um, Omari did not descend the rope with you guys. He is yeah, still I know. up there. We should probably yeah, go we back need, up, We should probably see what take he him home. Yeah, he probably he didn't wants sign to up go. for all this stuff. He he signed up for treasure. Yeah, he says very well. Then we will go up and check in on your friend Omari. I'm assuming you all agree to do that. No additional things on your way out. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, uh, I won't make you roll to climb the rope. Climbing is different than descending. Y'all make it up. You see Omari by the Macargo fire. He is sitting on one of the, like the little camping chairs. He is like not moved. <laughs> he appears. What's the word? Perhaps shell-shocked. <laughs> he has had a lot of things happen to him. He's not really said much. Um, he's holding, like, a disposable plate with a half-eaten little curry flatbread that Jim Lee cooked, and he is just staring at nothing. You okay there, Amari? Shivering, he turns his head uh, to Elodie, and he gives a, a pained smile and a little thumbs up, and he says, I'm doing just fine. Good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Can I make a check to see if he's lying sure <laughs> he is obviously not doing okay uh 19 yeah he is not well <laughs> he is uh, <laughs> uh okay. physically he's okay he's about as roughed up as you guys are probably not as bad as cindy but pretty close to everyone else but just like mentally you know he's he's been through quite a bit in the past few hours you guys have been dungeon so, for Omar. probably yeah. around i'm gonna say between six and 12 hours is how long you've spent in a uh, granite cave at this point so, Omari, do you want to go home and do sleepies, or do you want to do sleepies here? Omari thinks about it, and he's going to make a roll. Omari says, I, uh, I would like to recuperate a little before trying to leave the cave, if that is understandable, as he continues to shiver. Yeah? Is he cold? 
are you asking him or are you just kind of observing? Um, I guess I'll ask. Are you are you cold? Uh, you see this man who is wearing like utility kind of cargo shorts and shirt, both of which are short sleeve. And he says, yeah, a little bit. But this little snail feels good as he is sitting close to Macargo. OK, who hasn't made a roll? I want a perception from Gimli. Uh, nine. Nine. Yeah, that's enough for you to notice that um, he has with him his bag. He has a sack that he keeps his trap and his Pokeball in among like maps and magnifying glass and chisels and adventuring supplies. But it also appears that his pockets are more full than when you started uh, your spelunking with him. Mm. Nothing out of the ordinary, but you just notice that he's got stuff in right. his pockets. Found some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good. Do we uh-huh. have all of our stuff? Has Omari been stealing from us? Are you asking? Real? Who are you asking? I'm not asking that out loud. Okay. <laughs> That's so sad. Like, did he just find, like, rocks and stuff to put in his pockets? Or is it, like, our stuff? <laughs> Based off Gimli's roll, you'd see he's got stuff in his pockets. Mm. Trying to make a roll. Up to you. Can I investigate my bag? Yeah, it's a deception roll. Is he stealing from us? Oh, I'm good at deception. We're we're the most stealable from people in the entire world. Like this is the second I think he's time. a little scared of real. us, so I don't know why he would steal from us. But that's also proficient <laughs> deception for some reason. So yeah, I'll take that roll. You're you're rolling deception for what? I don't think that's actually applicable. Oh, yeah. If, if you were we trying to deceiving. lie, yeah, right. Not to see if he is deceiving. Can I investigation on like my stuff and? See if, like, everything's there. Sure. Yeah, you can make a roll. That's a nat 20. Yeah. All of your belongings are as you left them in your bag. You. Can I investigate his pockets to see what they are? (laughs) Investigation (laughs) would kind of imply that you're kind of getting up close. um, Or, like, really focusing, at least. I just want to confirm that that is um, your angle. How? What flavor-wise, how are you investigating? You could Uh, do it from afar, but that would just change the efficacy of your roll. Yeah. Mm. You could get close and ask him if he's going to finish his food, but use that opportunity to be close and look at his pockets. Well, then that creates the issue of if he says he doesn't want to finish his food, I have to take his food. (laughs) It was good food. I'll just, like, walk up, kneel behind him, put a hand on his shoulder, being like, you doing okay, buddy? While at the time I'm I'm looking in his pockets. Okay. Yeah, I want you to, I would say sleight of hand, but this is a sleight of eyes. Um, so investigation is probably fine. Um, however, he will roll to detect to see if you are like doing something unusual. Tell me what you roll as well. Just regular investigation. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 23, I think. 23 is pretty dang good. Um, you, you see that his cargo shorts pockets are i shouldn't call them cargo shorts because that makes me think of like a teenage boy they're like utility <laughs> like they keep you dry and like they're it, cargo shorts yeah they're cargo shorts uh, <laughs> um it appears as you look inside that they are full of sediment like dust and like pebbles and perhaps he has stuffed his pockets with rocks and or minerals and or gems doing the okay. thing that omari does best which is digging not in the same way that gimli does more precise types of digging so he's holding out on us. Perhaps. Okay. What was our deal with him? We split it 50-50? Things we find, or what? What did like you negotiate? Remember. You do not remember? 
Not off the top of my head. We really should have got this in writing. Well, I'm just saying, like, if we know that he's got some extras in his pockets when we go to, like, you know, turn in the, the goods, the we goods. can make sure all the goods are assessed. I definitely think there was a split, at least, so if he's holding out on us, then. We offered him safe travel into the dungeon. <laughs> that's an safe. interesting... I mean, he could just be waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> You definitely yeah, like what he's going through is safe, but you, you yeah. did better than he would do on his own, but he also didn't have much motivation to come on his own. So, you know, I mean, I'm good with giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like he could just be waiting until we're out to like show us all the stuff or whatever. But something That's why I'm saying like we keep it in the back of our mind for when we're like, right. OK, let's go through what we got. And Gimli still has the big moonstone. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to say it's give us our money. We can use the gun. <laughs> yeah we'll say that the moonstone is up at the you know at the top where everyone's hanging out where you currently oh, are does the Duford police station have like a firearm buyback program who knows you'll have to find where, out like you trade yeah, in your, your loose yeah. weapons and uh, get money you know what I'm talking <laughs> what? about no because, no because how are we going to explain that <laughs> they don't ask questions that's where the point of a firearm buyback program uh, you know what Fair. no questions Fair. you get money for the firearm and it's a firearm off the street Okay, if we're doing that though, do we think <laughs> Dufer has had a problem with firearms beforehand <laughs> enough to where they would need the program? Probably not. Yeah, Dufer has a gun problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, now they have a Corsola problem. That's true. Too many Corsola. Maybe guns are the solution to that. Yeah, you just make Galarian Corsola. <laughs> oh my god, it's a harsh reality we live in. We're destroying. Corsola hunted for sport. <laughs> ecosystem by introducing Corsola and guns. <laughs> the two plagues on 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 the planet. What did this whole Pokemon campaign turn into Pal World? Yeah, Omari seems to uh be s- primarily scared, secondarily injured, tertiarily overexposed. Those are probably his main feelings. Feel, feel a little vulnerable out, bud. Yeah. Do we have any, like, blankets? Uh, Jim Lee does. And I would assume you all have in your adventuring bags, like, some sort of, you know, you've camped out before, so you probably have, like, basic sleeping bags or mats, at least. I would want to make sure Omari's, like, wrapped up and warm. Okay. He's a little stiff in a sitting position. Do you lay him down? I just, like, wrap a blanket around his shoulders. Okay. Um, Jim Lee will step in to assist. And he'll say, it seems like you need some rest. And then uh, Omari says, yes, I think that would be a good idea. And uh, he's kind of just laying down with his eyes wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Do we know what time it is? Yeah. Roughly 11 o'clock in the night. Yes, roughly 11 p.m. Mm, Aren't we supposed to get our shit back by like midnight? Is that today? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think today was the the answer about whether we're going to give them the money or not. Well, we need to give them an answer. Hey, we actually do have a convenient method of travel. We do. <laughs> Last time we used it, it didn't go so well, but... Oh my god. However, we... Listen, this is fine. It was just... We can just... We'll come oh, right wait. back. We could also take Amari home without risk of injury. True. Well, let's see if it works, and then... <laughs> okay. Um, Where do we want to go? Just, like... Well, we don't want to appear the- inside the police station. Yeah, maybe by the police station. Or, or like by the, the dock. Center. 
I don't I know, somewhere not where, like, everybody is. If it's 11 o'clock at night, there probably isn't a lot of people by the dock where, like, our boat is. I feel like most people would probably be, be sleeping, right? So we could probably just yoink next to the Pokemon Center. Okay. Sounds good. I will take the Hoopa bracelet and throw it thinking of outside the Pokemon Center. Okay, are you just doing it in this little cavern that Jimmy dug out? If Yeah, if there's somewhere where there's, like, kind of more open area. Yeah. As always, you're giving me two rolls, a straight d20 and a dexterity check. d20 gave me eight. Dexterity gave me 19. Okay. You throw the hoopa ring with solid precision. Jim Lee sees this and goes, whoa, whoa, what? As it expands and becomes a portal uh, that's from which you see many Corsola. And you feel a sea breeze and the salty ocean air and uh, just, you know, around the side of the Pokemon Center uh, as there is a faint hum as the portal gives off. And he says, hold on, hold on. What's going on here? And he is very concerned. Oh, it's okay. It's just a portal. We can just jump in. Jim Lee says. Can we just take Omari? I guess. Yeah. Jim Lee says. I'm just afraid, like, if we go to. I mean, I guess if the portal stays open, we could just hop it out, hop back. But it doesn't. We commit to this. It usually closes right after we're done. Yeah. So, like, I feel like we should all go through and be prepared to not be in the cave anymore, if that makes sense. Jim Lee looks around and he says, I, I got to do some packing up. I'm a little set up here. You gotta, you're going to have to give me a minute. Or I guess I'll just see my way out. Could we just, like, port a couple of us, give the answer to the police station, port back, if and it, then oh, give everyone uh, else a ride? Yeah. No, that's the thing. It, it might break after this. It's, uh, yeah. it's been shattering as we keep using it. It's not an infinite use button. Well, then we'll walk. I mean, how how much, how long is it going to take Jim Lee to get packed up? Can we help him? Jim Lee looks around and he says, uh, I guess if I'm going really fast, I'm going to need at least 10 minutes. We got to, like, go, though. Yeah, because we threw down the hoopering again with no communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just did it. <laughs> uh, we... All right, time to go. Are we going to take Omari and meet Jim Lee outside Granite Cave in the morning? That's fine. Okay. I relay the information to Jim Lee. Yeah. All right, so we'll meet you at the top. <laughs> we got to go talk to the cops. <laughs> uh, Jim Lee looks confused and concerned and he thinks about it and he says, all right, I'll, uh, I guess I'll see you in the morning. It was, it was great to, to meet you all. And dad, it was great to see you again. Of course. I'll see you soon again. He says, yes, we will. Uh, and you all hop through the portal. Mm-hmm. We take um, Omari wrapped in the blanket. Okay, yeah. What order are you entering? I'm guessing LOD first, and then Schmidt probably. I feel like and LOD should go to... last, not first. Okay. Because if you have the ring and you enter first, it could just cut the portal. Well, the ring is the portal right now. Yeah, but LOD's the owner of the portal and originally threw it. Like, Hoopa's portal's cut off when Hoopa jumps through them. We really should, like, investigate, like, how our own shit works. <laughs> Yeah, but this is like the safest thing to do. After the session where you spend time doing one spooky artifact thoroughly, and now you have this one open, and you're like, huh, it'd be cool if we Because you just throw it down without even thinking about it. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's fucking portal. Like, it works. Like, no, it didn't work last time. (laughs) Last time you gave it to a child, and then the child dumped an entire ecosystem onto a town. And we got (laughs) a child's not using it this time. That's true. You're right. Just Elodie's using it this time. Who gave it to the child? All right. So he should not be trusted. No, you should. Elodie should go last. Otherwise, it probably doesn't matter. Do we push Omari through first? Yes. Um, All right, Omari through the portal. There needs to be 
some Omari. sort of carrying. I'll uh, push him. Come on, Omar. We got to go through this. Okay. We're going to go back to town. Um, while in real life, there's a clear elevation difference between your locations. Um, the only difference here is uh, the ground. You emerge from, you know, a stony dungeon floor into like the s- paved sandy walkways in Duford Town. And Gimli and Omari, if they're going through first, go through with no issue. Um, one perception check from everyone, actually, as they go through. And Gimli, after the fact that he's gone through. Oh, I love these. They're my favorite. Uh, yep, that's 11. a good old five. Okay. 11. Perception plus one, six. Six, okay. Elodie. Dirty 20. Great. Okay. Gimli, as you step through with Omari, you see some drunkards out and about. Uh, they seem like some college-age people. Um, they see the portal and they look very confused. One of them looks very confused. And then the other one, some a, a guy who seems fairly fratty. He has an unbuttoned like Hawaiian shirt and uh, he's got his belly sticking out. He waves and says, good evening, adventurers, and like doesn't even acknowledge the portal. Schmidt, you hop through the portal without issue. No problem. Cindy, same with you. You walk through. Um, Elodie, as you were the last one through, you observe two things. One, uh, the giant moonstone is laying on the ground in the chamber where Jim Lee resides. And two, running down the tunnel that you immer- that you came through to meet Jim Lee up here, um, you see the mysterious grassy turtle that you ran into that you knocked out Cindy with down on the ground floor of the dungeon um, and is running towards you going as you are stepping through the portal. As you are one leg through the portal, do you do anything about this information? Oops. Ah. Uh, Elgin probably bring the moonstone. The moonstone. Yeah, I will uh, ask Jim Lee if he can bring the moonstone. Just tell him to push it through the portal. Tell Jim Lee to push it through the portal. Because <laughs> yeah. I probably can't carry it. No, but he uh, definitely oh, The little guy running at us, is he frantic? Or is he scared? Is he running away from something? Um, you probably hear him and don't see him. Elodie gets a good look. It seems that there's nothing else in the tunnel, but it is hard to interpret his cries as a specific emotion. Um, but he is moving fast for a turtle. I will, if he's like gunning for me, I'll slow down and move out of the way so that he can jump through the portal. Okay. He's not like gunning for you. Uh, you just see him coming through the tunnel, but he's not like directly coming to you necessarily. If anything, he's coming from a cargo. Anyways. Mm -hmm. You're communicating with Jim Lee. Hey, can you push this through real quick? Yes. Okay. This is a very heavy thing. Jim Lee is very strong. He will have to succeed on a DC 16 strength check, of which he rolls a natural 11, and he will get a 15 total. Mm, Um, He will pick it up, and he will move towards. He says, I got it, and he comes up to push it through the portal. Uh, and he instead trips a little and he drops it and it, it falls on the ground near Elodie, pushing her through the rest and the moonstone does not make it as the portal closes around her wrist and Cindy, Schmidt, Elodie, uh, Gimli and Omari are in Dufer town outside the Pokemon center on a 15. Yeah. I gave it a 16 before the roll. It was a 16 check. Yeah. Okay. It's a big, heavy thing. He knows we want it. So maybe he'll bring it out of the cave somehow. Yeah. He's uh, got big strong Pokemon that can make that happen. Elodie, additionally with that twenty perception, um, as the Hooper Ring closes back on your bracelet, you see it is cracked up. It is looking like it is close to shattering. It is not in a good condition. Oh, it's as if it had three charges. 
Well, we've used it more than three You've times. used it more than three times, yeah. Have we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. When was the other time? We used it for the boat and then this. I think you used it. They went to we and to from the very farm. Yeah. Yeah, they went to and from the very farm. As well as used, I think, twice in the Deoxys combat. Mm. Oh, yeah, the Deoxys Yeah, combat. I did use it yeah. in the Deoxys combat. Well, we probably shouldn't use it again until we have to for the boat. Well, it's 11 p.m. in Duford Town. Uh, you are near the Pokemon Center. Also adjacent to the police station. You're also pretty close to the community center, the dock. Duford Town is pretty um, pretty compact, is the word. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels good to get some fresh air, man. Um, and even though it's nighttime, it is so much brighter outside than it is in the cave. Uh, we should drop Omari off at home? Is that where you'd like to take him? That's where we should take him. Sure. I mean, I guess that doesn't stop him from taking the, the goods that we all acquired well we can ask them when we bring it back we do a good old-fashioned split the party <laughs> ah the classics can't mm-hmm. beat them let's go with omari two of us go to the police station because we gotta get <laughs> that shit in like now you want someone to go to the police station yeah <laughs> <laughs> you gotta rizzle did up we need again, to huh? pay them today or did we just need to say yes no. we want to pay the money yeah i think the second one okay we just have to answer, yeah. But then we did have a deadline for when to pay it back by, and it was like, a, oh, what, a week? I think so. We can confirm when we get back. Mm. Okay. So how are we splitting the party, gang? Gimli's probably strong enough to, like, carry Omari if needed. So me, Gimli, uh, Elodie, Cindy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Seems fair. Alrighty. So girls trip. Girls trip to the police station. Girls trip. <laughs> To the hot cops. <laughs> you find that Omari lives in the residential area, much like most of the people in Duford Town do, where you first arrived in Duford when you crashed into the carpenter home. So that is the direction that you will be going. Let's go. Great. You do so. Mostly without any particular issue. There are many Corsolas, as always. Um, again, the fresh air is nice. You are all pretty battered and bruised. Uh, you do observe that as you move past the Pokemon Center that there is like a line of trainers at the door. Um, a lot of them are very sleepy. Uh, they, they may have been standing there for a while. There is um, a young trainer, perhaps like middle school age, and she is lying on the ground with her head in the fluff of her flaffy, um, just sleeping on the road, <laughs> just trying to get in the Pokemon Center. It looks <laughs> like a bit of a problem. Um, you move through the line as they kind of make way for you to go through. And the other residents of Dufer Town, uh, despite there being a, a very few amount, it seems like they're having another great time. What else do you do on a deserted island? Not deserted, but a small island town than to go out every night and go crazy. So you see the, the, the club that you were present at the night before, as well as the bar, when you guys decide to split up and actually met Omari. Omari kind of glances up fondly at the Quivering Quillfish, where he got that drink and met Schmidt. And he kind of smiles a little bit as you were walking by. And you hear like the the dance floor beats for coming from the community center, the boom, boom, boom. And you hear it, the chant, adventurers, adventurers, adventurers. And everyone's uh, having a real great night, having a good time. Sick. Um, you stumble through some course and it seems like you should be able to get to Omari's home without issue. Now, girls night, police station. Is it time to go? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Girls you two are on your way. It's a 24-hour operation, obviously. 
and you walk through the door, and who do you see who is stationed there working? None other than the officer Delaney, the head police officer, I guess sheriff, right? Maybe maybe she's the sheriff. I don't know. The highest ranking official in this establishment. She says, oh, welcome back. Hope you've been having a good evening. What can I help you with? Hi. Uh, we were offered a situation wherein we paid back a certain amount of money to the Carpenter family. And pretend we were never here. <laughs> uh, basically, right? And uh, told to uh, basically, you know, give our decision about whether we were going to take that deal. Uh, and we would like to accept. So we were told we had to do that by midnight tonight. Here. And it should should be before midnight. Hopefully. Um, yeah, Delaney looks over at the clock. And it is before 1130, actually. And she says, yeah, I, d- I did hear this arrangement. Um, you said that you made a decision regarding it. As she's asking this, she gets interrupted by someone in one of the three cells. Um, there's a uh, there's a heavy door that separates it, but you can still hear them regardless because they sound familiar. You hear the voice of someone say, oh, my God, this is so unfair. Wait until my dad hears about this. They aren't going to be happy and you're going to get in trouble with the champion of Unova. So you better listen and you better let me out. Let me go back to my friends is what you hear. And Delaney chooses to ignore this and asks you what your decision on this arrangement was. Uh, We'd like to accept the deal to uh, pay back uh, the Carpenter family. Delaney says, great. Not sure if Wally's still on the island, but I'll send a messenger as soon as possible. And she grabs a stamp and she identifies a piece of paper and just bonks the stamp on it. You don't quite make out what the stamp says, but it appears that an agreement has been made. And she looks over at the clock and then she says, once the clock strikes midnight, you will have six remaining days to pay off this debt. Great. So he has six additional days. Interesting. Well, to pay the money. Right. But we have I mean, most of it. Right. Oh, yeah, right. What's, uh, what's going on with Sarah? How did she end up in here again? Uh, roll of persuasion. <laughs> oh, that was a natural 20. That was a natural 20. Uh, Delaney, you can see as she just exits work mode. and She like rolls her eyes and lets out a sigh. And she says... This girl just can't stop causing problems. She is getting into altercations with so many of our residents and people working at the club and even just people on the street. They'll give a standard, like, professional, friendly greeting, like, hello, adventurer. And then Sarah will say, yeah, shut up. And uh, Delaney goes into detail that she definitely shouldn't. Um, but, uh, it's again, she's just been taken out of work mode and she's been given the chance to vent. So she is venting about how difficult Sarah has been. And Delaney says, yeah, we've been in touch with the Unovan consulate and they have a member of the embassy coming to pick her up. This she has been a hassle. Oh, wow. That like really sucks. Sorry they have to deal with that. Delaney's- Let's get some intel on the NRG grunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delaney says, yeah, I know. It's a big problem. And one of our cells, we can't, the, the health code won't let us put anyone in there because it smells like vomit for some reason. So we've been trying to deeply clean it and we can't put anyone in there. Um, and then we have someone else who, uh, and then she kind of shakes herself and she realizes, oh, maybe I've said too much. Um, and she says, and we have someone else in there, but yeah, we had to, we had to let someone go who I thought we had a solid case on, um, just to put Sarah back in here. But we just, you know, uh, Looker is no longer here. And we just decided that, uh, we, Sarah was a higher priority. So. Who did you, who did you let go? She said, well, we couldn't get a good read on them. We don't have a, a, a good detective here right now, but. 
they seem to be part of some sort of club organization. Uh, they had a very uh, sinister-looking Murkrow with them. Uh, didn't, didn't get much info, but we couldn't. We didn't really see them do anything wrong besides peeking in windows. So we told them, you know, don't trespass on people's property, and that's about as good as we can do with this investigation. Do you know, like, where they went after they left? Delaney says. You know, now that you mention it, the moment that they left, they they split up. The the person walked towards the dock, presumably to get on a boat. But the Murkrow flew off in the north, so I'm not sure. Interesting. Hmm. And you said he was part of a club or organization? Uh, Did he Del- have some stupid-looking uniform on? Delaney nods her head. She says, yeah, we've been aware of uh, criminal activity in the region. We haven't seen any members of some any, any sort of organization akin to Team Aqua or Team Magma, how we were you know so very familiar with about a decade ago but yeah they, they seem just kind of like a, a a regular ruffian do you happen to know anything about any organizations in the hohen region yep well teaming nrg has been just causing trouble mm-hmm. left and right delaney says yeah i i heard that that was the name of uh, the organization that raided lily cove those months back yep they're trying to blow up the moon <laughs> can you roll a I guess a persuasion. I don't know. <laughs> I hear they're trying to blow up the moon. Not twenty. <laughs> she is so, oh, the moon. No. Oh no! Uh, Delaney has really opened herself up to you too, um, and Girl, <laughs> and she she leans forward and she says, "Did you say they're trying to blow up the moon?" Yeah. She's <laughs> She said, we gotta get somebody on this. The people gotta know right now. I'm calling Wally. I'm calling the news. I'm getting looker back here. You're gonna tell everyone what you just told me, okay? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd love to help with the investigation. I don't know how long we're gonna be in town, but... God, we're girl cops now, dude. Oh my god. Delaney says, great, I'll get everyone over here. And like right uh, now or like tomorrow morning? Delaney says, there's no time. They have to come here right now. And she is like typing on a keyboard furiously. And she picked up a phone and put it to her ear. Um, and she is trying to get people to the police station. Um, there's a little alarm that's going off in the in the <laughs> in the office. It's like because uh, she hit something and Sarah stopped talking. She seems a little worried now. The moon blowing up alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Every police station has one. Anyways, Gimli Schmidt and Omari walking around some Corsola. You do see the carpenter home. It is being reconstructed. It it is largely framed now. It seems that they are working on insulating the walls um, before completely fixing it up. It seems like work is getting done. The carpenters are nowhere to be seen, but you see various fighting type Pokemon uh, that are working on the construction. It's it's 11 p.m., so it seems like it's a day in, day out thing. Um, uh, Probably not great for the neighbors considering the sound of hammering and, and tools and whatnot. But you know what? Gotta get the work done, I guess. Yeah. Um, conveniently, Omari's home is far enough away from this where when you go inside, you don't hear it at all. Um, you approach his uh, little porch and you get up to the door and he grabs for some keys and he turns around. And he says, well, thank you very much. It was a captivating experience and I will see you on another day. <laughs> and he goes <laughs> to enter his home. Oh, aren't you forgetting something there, my guy? Omari says, my mind is crystal clear. I have not forgotten a single thing. Have a good night. What's he trying to pull? Are you going to tell him something? Yeah. Just be like, hey, I thought it was kind of a, a, a deal that we would split whatever we found in the cave, right? What you got uh, jingling around in your pockets there? Omari looks, at, 
He looks down at his pockets and he says, uh, of course, that was the deal, but I'm going to have to get out to my scale. I'm going to have to determine the quality of these minerals so I can accurately price them out. Is this something you expect me to do tonight while I'm battered and healing from my leech seed wounds and any other mental damage I may have sustained? Yeah, we can wait. <laughs> uh, um, roll uh, intimidation, I think. Hell yeah. I like to think it's not even intimidation. He was so matter of fact about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, that's that's what we would do. So, like. Uh, uh, can I have Quacko assist in the intimidation? Sure, yeah. Um, he just he has the stick in the back like a mobster. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, oh, that's funny. Just, yeah, just roll with advantage if Quacko's going to help. Okay. Can I get Quacko's modifier on it, too? No, you cannot. That is maybe too much. Okay, I got a 10. Okay, Omari says, ah, if that's the case, would you at least come inside and join me for some tea? Sure, it sounds delightful. Gimli, are you in agreement? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, um, you do that. You enter his home. It's a pretty standard uh, single-dwelling domicile. It's pretty nice. It's not like a one-bedroom apartment. It's like a small home. He sets down some of his belongings. There is, um, like, a basket of some sort that is laid with a cloth inside, and he just kind of empties his pockets and his bag into there, and you see that he has procured quite a few um, gems and minerals that may be of some value uh, as he empties them into this basket while he goes to the kitchen and washes his hand and uh, heats up some water and prepares some tea for you all since you will not let him rest. I guess we'll check back in with Cindy and Elodie and Delaney and Sarah having a great time in that little holdup. It seems that Delaney's been making some calls and there's a small news team that arrives. Um, there is a woman who looks a little disgruntled, maybe rolled out of bed or wasn't ready to get a call at this hour. She has short hair and is holding a, a cartoonishly large microphone. And beside her is a man with all of the tech. He's holding a big old broadcast camera and he's wearing more casual clothes. And he did just roll out of bed, but he looks a lot more comfortable, perhaps because he doesn't have to be on camera. Accompanying him is a magnemite and accompanying her is a whismer. Um, she walks into the police station and she says, Delaney, you gave us a call. Are, are we all ready? And Delaney says, yes, yes, yes. I'm getting more people here, but please speak to these two girls. They, they seem to know something very important that I'm sure is going to be huge headlines tomorrow. And uh, this woman says, okay, very well. Uh, would you two girls come step outside where we have a little bit better lighting under the front entrance of the police station? Sure. Are we about to be on the news? Are you asking this? Yes. This woman says, well, I wasn't dispatched as a live reporter, but we're going to send this to the studio right away. And if they like it, yeah, they're probably going to air it immediately. The the man with should the we, should we try to be anonymous? Because like energy already doesn't like us. We don't need a bigger target on our back. Mm. Is that something we want, or do we just full full send? I mean, I'm of the opinion of full sending. Full full send. Okay. The man with the camera has his magnemite go off, and it sets up like the boom lighting on around the front of the police station, so that you know you can. Not have to deal with the, the crappy light inside the police station. Rather, it's dark out and he can illuminate you as needed. Um, and Gabby just asks you some questions before getting started. She says, all right, we have a pretty outrageous report, but Delaney seems pretty convinced. And we always promise, you know, this is a small town, so we try and report everything that we can. May I collect your names, please, and your occupations and your ages? 
I'm Cindy, and I'm part of the Quacko Paco. She's going to make a roll. She is too tired to question anything at the moment. She says, okay, great. What about you? Uh, I'm Elodie. Um, I'm a baker and, I guess, Pokemon trainer and also part of the, the Quacko Paco. I'm 23. <laughs> the woman says, okay. And just to confirm the story that we're reporting on is that uh, a hostile organization of the Hoenn region wants to blow up the moon. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And I mean, they're kind of evil also, but like, yeah. This woman says, okay, very well. Ty, are you all ready to go? And she turns around to her cameraman and he gives a thumbs up and she kind of straightens herself up and puts her bike up to her chest and she uh, begins this recorded interview. Gimli and Schmidt and Omari, you're having some tea. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty good. It's just kind of a regular kind of celestial seasoning style tea bag. Nothing fancy, nothing cheap, though. Um, And it's helping you kind of stay awake a little bit. Uh, Omari has sat down at his table uh, across from the two of you. It seems like this table seats four. And he has moved over his basket with all of his gems. And he has procured his magnifying glass, a tiny little like chisel, perhaps to like remove um, sediment from gems that would otherwise be pristine. And he has a scale out as well, seemingly to measure things. And he is not really speaking. You're welcome to ask him some questions, but he has a pad of paper out and he's jotting things down. And uh, he's uh, he's just doing his job, but he looks very, very tired. We'll let him work. Okay, you do that. Is there anything of interest to you within this home in any way? Uh, yeah, I can do like a like a quick perception. I'm not sure. like digging through anything, so I'm just kind of glancing around. Sure, yeah, just look around. Uh, that was a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, dang. You can tell just by the way that this man furnishes his apartment. You can determine two things. Um, one, he is single, uh, which, you know, may just be a decision of his, which would be good for him. Two, you can determine that he is, in fact, a ruin maniac. He loves going in ruins. He has such a great time doing that. Um, he has little keepsakes from all of his little adventures. Um, and interestingly, he has uh, a Hoenn map with three locations with red X's drawn through them um, as if they are of particular interest to him or maybe he's been there before. Uh, but you, you can just tell that it is a little uncanny seeing like a normal Hoenn map that you'd find in a Pokemon Center. And there's three locations in Hoenn that he's like very keen on for some reason. I guess with a crit, you would see these locations. So give me one moment for me to describe them to you. Um, granted, you do want to know what they are. Yeah. I think above the table, I know what they are, but. Okay. Regardless, I will describe them to you. Uh, you see slightly north of Duford and a little bit to the west, right on the edge of the continent. Uh, there's an island with a big old X through it. Uh, you see on uh, the, the tropical jungle route that is to the east of Fortree City, where you started your adventure between Fortree and Lily Cove, um, in the bottom left corner, the southeast corner, southwest corner, apologies, um, there is a red X drawn. And last but not least, outside of Mount Chimney on the Route 111 desert towards the south, you see a red X drawn. Okay. Do you mention anything about it to him? Uh, nah, if he's busy, I won't, I won't bother him. Okay. I suppose if you're crit additionally you will um, see other things as well. Namely, just the ocean route that stretches from Slateport City, where you've been, to a peculiar island all the way at the eastern side of the continent. Um, along this ocean route, there's a series of question marks drawn. in, And then they point to like individual places on the northern and southern parts of the route. But there is no like uh, determination. There isn't a red X, as there is on the other... Um, identified locations 
Uh, Gimlin, Would I be you... able to gauge that, like, roughly where those question marks are is where the 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 flying plate was? I perhaps roll a history, perhaps. I know it was just recently, but this is a different map. Um, this is a more gotcha. standard current. Proficient. No, I rolled a three. <laughs> okay. Um, it's hard to tell. You know that the that location on that map was like in the ocean, but as far as like where in the ocean it was, it would be difficult with the way that the continents have moved and how the islands have formed and disappeared and gone under the ocean and moved around themselves. It would be hard to pinpoint exactly. Okay. Um, Do we want to ask Amari about them? Or? Nope. Okay. I am satisfied. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of curious about it. Like maybe maybe we could reinvigorate Omari a little bit because he's exhausted. Hey Omari, I no- I noticed on this these uh these maps here, you got these spots marked off. Are these like points of interest for you? Omari kind of lifts up a telescopic magnifying attachment he has for his glasses, and then looks at you for a moment. And he says, "Yes, I'm I'm very keen on these ruins, particularly. Uh, I hope to visit all of them." Uh, Bruins are never exactly what you imagine. Uh, this first X, and he points up to the one that is north of Duford. He said, "I went there and I saw something very peculiar. I found a, a trail of of hardened ice in the ocean, stretching far out to the to the west. Hmm. But I didn't find any treasures or anything besides strange markings along the walls." He says, "I've Didn't been passed by that on Sorry. the way in. I think we did, yeah, yeah, just in character, just say yeah." I think we did see that on the way in, yeah. Omari says, yeah, that's very interesting. I I heard there was treasures there, but when I went in, I couldn't find anything particularly interesting. Hmm. Uh, He points at the X that is more around Fort Tree and Lily Cove. He said, similar situation here. Grand Temple, great ruins, strange markings that I could not interpret, but I couldn't find anything of of any particular value. uh, There's clearly something important there, but I'm afraid it's probably already been raided, or I, I just am not sure. Um, and then he points to the one on Route 111. He said, now this one, I haven't had the chance to go to yet. Uh, I do, have not procured myself some go goggles. They're all out of stock here. And being on an island, it's a little difficult. I heard that Lava Ridge sometimes has them, but I'm not willing to make that trip out to Lava Ridge and just to not go in the desert. I'm going to need go goggles to go there. So I'm just keeping patient until I can get them ordered. Mm. You're just waiting on the go goggles? You, you didn't want to go to the destination and see if they, they definitely have them in Lava Ridge. That's where we got ours. Omari says, oh, my skin is so sensitive. It's just I don't want to waste all this money that I don't really have on a trip. So mm-hmm. uh, honestly, part of this this adventure with, with you all, uh, as challenging as it may have been, I'm actually quite looking forward to because I can definitely use the additional currency to fund this this trip for myself. I heard it's quite dangerous as well, and I think myself and Trappinch might have a little bit more training to do before we are ready to make such an expedition. I can respect that. The desert's really dangerous. We fought like six Scarberry in there. Like it, it's very, very concerning, especially if you're not traveling with a group. Omari nods and he says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. "I'm not a Pokemon trainer, so that's exactly yeah. what I've heard. I need to be very careful. So I'm just trying to get ready." As far as as far as this ocean route here, well, there's two mysteries that I'm trying to uncover, and some Rune Maniac friends of mine are trying to do the same, but without any water type Pokemon, it's pretty difficult. We have to go out together on our boat, and we haven't had any luck. But there's there's two places of interest i've been trying to find and i just can't seem to find either of them hmm where what are those places to be honest with you i'm not sure either of them exist but uh one of them is aptly named mirage island Uh, i hear that on this route that you can find an island that appears as if it were a mirage and uh, on it are 
are delicious berries that you can't find anywhere else in the world that I'm sure if I could find, I, I could retire. I'd be happy. I'd be set for the rest of my life if I could find those berries. Additionally, I heard that there's uh, a, 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 a building that is somewhat of a tower or an obelisk, and it's been associated with the ancient Hoenn people, the Draconids, who are from Meteor Falls. But I, again, I just cannot find it. It seems that it itself is also Mirage. So... My, my cohorts seem to suggest that both of these places are one of them or I don't know if I even fully trust them, but that they in fact move. And I just can't believe that's true. Personally, I've been to many ruins and I don't know if that's possible. But in this world, who knows with the way that things are going, maybe they are moving. I mean, you just you did just jump through a portal. So maybe that could make it a little bit more plausible that an island can move. So oh. maybe trust that theory a little bit more. Omari says... I was trying to forget that moment that we just had, but thank you for reminding me. Perhaps anything is possible. Right. It's a good attitude to keep. He nods, and he sticks his magnifying glass that fits over his glasses back on his eye, and he continues to plunk away at the gems, and he's continuing to take notes. Is there anything I'm else sorry, for you? I'll let you, I'll let you work. <laughs> so sorry. He nods again. Elodie and Cindy, uh, you're standing outside the police station with uh, the reporters, and they're ready to conduct their interview. The woman faces Ty, the camera operator, and she says, Hello, this is Gabby with DTTV, and I'm here on a special segment this fine evening. I'm here with two adventurers by the name of Elodie and Cindy who say that they have an out-of-this-world report to give. I suppose I'll just let them do the talking. I'll begin. Cindy, what brings you here to town and what do you have to tell us? I would also... This is not Gabby, this is Rich... I would like Cindy and Elodie to make perception checks. That one, baby. Nice. Seven. Seven. The moment that Ty clicks on his camera, you see in the darkness, you're a little blinded by the boom lights that are in front of you. You see um, just behind Gabby and Ty, something floating, something humanoid that is floating off the ground with legs crossed um, with a large head. All you see is shadow and you see it looking directly at you, Elodie. Cindy, you don't see it at all. No. I need both of you to make intelligent saving throws. Oh, no. Ah, it's happening. Oh, shit. It's happening. That's a 19. Okay. Six. Okay. Oh, Cindy. Cindy, I am typing you a message. Uh, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A okay. classic Cindy getting possessed by a psychic type po Pokemon moment. Cindy, honestly, classic. Cindy's mind blanks, and um, she has only one particular thought to share with Gabby. Uh, I had some delicious ice cream in Sutopolis City when I was four years old. I love Spindas; they are so cute. Okay. Uh, also, in addition. Right after delivering this line to Gabby, uh, you will take 16 psychic damage. Uh, Gabby looks frustrated, and she puts down her mic, and she looks at Ty, and she says, Really? Another prank? What did you guys tell Delaney? And she, like, puts down her mic, and she's, like, clearly not in a recording mode. No, 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 I... What, Cindy, what... Uh... Somebody's trying to interfere with the broadcast. Gabby spins around, and the floating cross-legged figure behind her vanishes. Uh, and she looks back to you and she says, we have a clear connection. It's 11 p.m. in Dufort Town. There's nothing on the broadcast airwaves. Came here for a report. And if you're going to waste my time, I'm going to go back to bed. Am I okay now? What do you mean okay? You took damage. 
Yes. Oh. But um, can I have my own thoughts now? Make another intelligence save. Nat 20. Oh, yeah. Um, no, you're sharp as attack. You, like, your brain, like, really hurt, and you could feel part of your, like, like, I don't know how to put it, your personality emptied for a moment, um, but now you have a return to relative consciousness. I'm so sorry about that. I don't know what came over me. It's been a long night. We have intel that Team Energy, the evil organization, is trying to blow up the moon. Okay. Um, you roll a persuasion. 18? Yeah. Gabby turns around and she says, that is what Delaney said. I swear to God, if I get fired for this. And she looks to Ty and she gives kind of a keep rolling symbol because Ty had put down his camera. And she starts the broadcast over. She says, hello, I'm Gabby with DTTV. We're here with an exclusive late night report here in Duford Town. Uh, I've received an interesting police report, and I will let Cindy and Elodie of the Quacko Paco describe it to you. And she passes the mic back over to Cindy. Are you going to give the report? Sure. Okay. As the camera turns back around, you see not behind Gabby, but behind Elodie to your left as you're standing side by side. The creature reappears again. And this time you can see them holding out an object towards you that looks vaguely like cutlery. Um, you will need to make an additional intelligence saving throw. Shit. Ah. That's not ah. going to be good. Seven. <laughs> also, not great. Um, this time, Cindy, you don't particularly feel like uh, you're going to experience um, any mind control. Elodie, I need you to make a save as well. 22. Okay, pretty good. Cindy, Elodie, Gabby, and Ty, and Gabby's Whisper, and Ty's Magnemite are all subject to a psychic blast, a psychic pulse, that with the intention to push them apart. Um, Cindy is going to feel the full effects of this and take 30 points of psychic damage and be pushed 20 feet uh, to her right. Um, I don't think she's going to collide with any buildings, but she will fall to the ground and be knocked prone. Ty also failed. And he flings his camera. I'm going to make a roll. Yeah, that thing smashed. <laughs> it's done for. Um, Gabby succeeded. Um, she stands her ground in front of Elodie. Um, but they are still subject to 15 points of psychic damage uh, as a, this blast occurs. And then the figure once again disappears. Who also, has the Master Ball? And how does the Master Ball work when capturing somebody else's Pokemon? Also, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> sorry. A perception from Elodie. Mm-hmm. Will do. Come on. Come on, perception gods, which have been so cruel in the past. God, Jesus. I'm looking Nine. for... Nine? Uh, I was going to say I'm looking for a 12. Another unnoticed change, but a change nonetheless. Ty collects himself and he says, Ugh, what was that? And he looks at his camera and he says, Ah, oh, man, they're going to invoice me for this too. Ah, oh, I'm going to lose my job probably. And Gabby looks around and she says, Did you see that? Did you get that on camera? Ty says, Ugh. I don't have a camera. And he's like looking at it. It's all broken up to bits and Magnemite lets out a sound, a sad worrying sound. Uh, do you two say or do anything in this moment? It's Team Energy trying to sabotage this broadcast. Roll of persuasion. Six. Six, yeah. Um, Gabby throws her mic in the sand and she says, I've had it with you. I'm done with these pranks. I know you guys are trainers. You're clearly messing with us. We're done. Tell Delaney I'm not coming back. And uh, Gabby turns around, starts to storm off, and Ty's not going with her. He's just, like, trying to piece together his camera as best he can, but he is sad. I, I'm sorry about your 
camera tie. We 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 didn't think this was going to happen. This um, isn't a prank. <laughs> Ty looks very frustrated. He said, "Something's happening. We're going to get this story." And he pulls out um, a Rotom cell phone, and uh, he says, "I'm going to lose my job anyway, so I'm posting this on my socials." Girls, tell me the truth. And he holds out his phone to the two of you. Team Energy is going to blow up the f- the moon. And if Tell I take any friend. more damage, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Cindy. <laughs> uh, Ty says, I think we got it. If I'm going to lose my job anyways, I'm going to bring this to my boss, and we're going to see what they say. You girls stay safe. And he leaves his camera, and he runs off, if you are not going to stop him. You get him, Ty. Schmidt and Gimli, I need con saves from the two of you. Oh, no problem. Did he drug the tea? Uh, uh, he so did, so he could take all the money. But I'm probably good because I rolled a uh, 17. A uh, 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 12? Actually, okay. does survival kick into this at all? Uh, no. Also, okay. you are not being poisoned. This is something else. Are we um, just tired? You're feeling sleepy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I like you guys assuming the worship of Mari. That's very good. Um, he's on. He's on his sus list. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. You guys have mostly finished your tea. Uh, you're feeling a little sleepy, but you're doing okay. Um, Omari has gone through a brief evaluation of the gems that he's pilfered. Not pilfered, that's the wrong word. That he's collected with the assistance of the Quacko Paco. And he says, the total value of these is probably about 20,000 Poke Dollars. So if we're agreeing on the 60-40 split that we talked about, uh, you all will be receiving 40% of that. And he says, yeah, that, that will leave you with 8,000 Poke Dollars. Neat. Neat. And with the possibility right. of the Moonstone, we could be doing okay. Omari. Does he have the money handy? Can we, can we wrap up business now? Or? Omari says, I do not have the money handy. I'll have to take this to the Poke Mart to actually make the transaction. And uh, okay. we can touch base in the morning. Yeah, sounds good. He gently stands up very tiredly and he opens his door and he kind of ushers you outside i give him a side eye and i'm like we're gonna be back in the morning omari says well i'll see you then have a good night friend have a good night adventurers as he smiles and closes the door you are standing in the northern residential area of Duford town what is next for you two i guess make our way to the police station to yeah, we gotta meet up with the girls meet up with the girls girl jail girl jail our favorite <laughs> Um, yeah, we can say that you can do that without issue. You encounter all the same stuff you saw before. Way too many Corsula just out in the street. Um, plenty of drunkards who are greeting each other as adventurers. Um, and uh, about this time, you see Elodie and Cindy looking distressed in front of the police station. Cindy does not look good. We're talking like red health bar, not good. Elodie looks pissed. But she's fine. Up five. Well, what happened? How did it go? Well... Everything was fine with the police, but <clears throat> we told Delaney that, you know, energy's going to blow up the moon because, you know, we're just chatting, probably know you know, that. girl right, stuff. Like we were just chatting. Yeah, it's just girl stuff, you know. And no, no girl stuff, no. <laughs> I'm not it's good fine. at that. <laughs> it's fine. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a boy dad. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't know girl stuff. <laughs> well, it, uh, you know, typically involves we're stuff like this. We're a girl conversation so. yeah, about, uh, yeah. Again, I, I, don't, I don't know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no hands down. He's like, girl, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> and we can recap, if or like, um, just, you know, we can say that it's been discussed if you want. Rabble, rabble, girl talk, right. yep. 
yeah. Travel Rebel. Yeah, and then, then something attacked us and made me say stupid shit. Yeah, when we were trying to do like the broadcast, when the reporters came, there was a creature who was sitting cross-legged, floating in the air, and controlled Cindy. And I'm concerned that we know somebody who has a Pokemon of that description. Oh, that shit. Who? Being Sam. Yeah, Sam. It's an Alakazam. I didn't know. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Is Sam oh. here? Sam, if you're fucking with us, I'm just going to say that really loudly. <laughs> uh, roll... Reroll your perception. He comes out. Man, give, give it me, was me, Sam. All along. <laughs> He's whirling a mustache. Give me a twelve or higher. Nineteen. Okay, very good. You feel an unusual new weight in your apron pocket. Okay, I will reach into my apron pocket. Okay, you find three things: a small piece of paper, seems like a replica of one of the st- the astral shaped candies that Alchemy has on her head. Or that cabbage has on her head. In addition to a little robotic model of cabbage. Oh my god. Yeah, Robo cabbage. Oh, what? I will gather everyone around and open the piece of paper to read. Okay. The, it's a very small piece of paper and it has two words. Stay safe. That's vaguely threatening. <laughs> that is a little threatening, yeah. I'm, va- I'm vaguely threatened right now. But... Like when I was saying, like maybe we should like do this anonymously so that way they're not after us. It could have been Sam trying to protect us because she knows energy is out to get us. Could also just be you... the obvious of she is energy and she wanted to stop the broadcast at all. Is she Semily? <laughs> it's just we're back. I'm no. back on my bullshit, baby. <laughs> um, do you do any sort of investigation or tampering with the other two items? Uh, yes, I would like to investigate the Robo Cabbage to make sure this one is also not tracking us. Okay. You do that. Give me just an investigation. Six, baby. Six is not great. Um, no, I've been rolling like ass tonight. Yeah, that's fine. You don't <laughs> notice anything unusual about it. It seems to have been crafted. This is not a mass-produced product. Um, it seems to have been crafted with perhaps care. Mm-hmm. Sam, we I... miss you. <laughs> Can I inspect the candy? Like, what is it made of? Yeah, to uh, roll me in an investigation. Natural 20. Great. Um, You investigate this and see it is almost identical to the candy that Cabbage wears on her little head. However, it is clearly, as you are a baker, it is not candy. It is simply that, a replica. But it looks very identical. Um, Do you also... Did you get a crit? Yes. Okay. You... Sorry, I cut you off. Did you have a thing? I was just going to give it to Cabbage to hold. Okay, yeah, you can let out Cabbage and do that. Um, Cabbage likes it a lot. Cabbage thinks it's great. Cabbage considers replacing one of her little candies with it, if you will allow it. Sure. Okay, yeah. Cabbage puts it on and takes the other candy and kind of like tucks it into her whipped creaminess uh, and dons this new replica. Um, and it's it's like very, um, it looks very sturdy and nice. I hope that is a good decision. Cabbage seems pleased, if that is any consolation. It is. And I suppose this begs the question, what will the Paco do now? We could tell Delaney that our our news broadcast got interfered with. That's probably a good idea. Or we could also just take a long rest till in the morning. I think that's a good idea. 
as you make that suggestion, we should tell Delaney what's going on. Um, you see her run outside and she says, I thought they were here. Where where did they go? Sorry. Uh, there was an interference with the broadcast. And they left. Delaney looks at you and she's like about to ask like what happened. And then the phone rings inside and she says, oh, that might be Wally or Looker. I got to get back inside. She runs inside to go pick up the phone. If the Paco well, wishes to long rest, what is their plan? Well, there's a line like outside the Pokemon Center. Is that like for healing or is that like also for the hostel? It has not been determined. Probably check it out. It's probably just for the healing if I had to guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the Pokemon Center. Do you just bother someone in the line? Or do you go inside? It would be a dick move, but we could rest at Amori's house. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, buddy. Uh, we could long rest in the one singular vomit-smelling jail cell. So <laughs> you can check yourself into the jail to sleep there? That's what Sarah did. Once intentionally. Second, not intentionally. <laughs> You're just going to go inside the Pokemon Center? Or are you going to ask someone in the line? You probably ask someone in the line real quick. Uh, what they're waiting in line for. Okay. Yeah. You uh, you approach. Just the first trainer you see seems to be like a skilled battler, maybe ace trainer or something. Um, standing, or sitting beside them as they are standing up, but their Pokemon is sitting, uh, is like a bipedal flaming hog Pokemon. Um, just kind of has a brilliant beard of flames uh, that are cackling in the night. And they ask, hey, what do you want? Uh, excuse me. Uh, what are you uh, waiting in line for here? He says, uh, my Embor got kind of beat up on our journey here, and I'm looking to heal up. Okay. And you're not waiting for, like, the hostel at the Pokemon Center? Uh, the trainer shakes his head no. He says, no, but I heard they're all booked up. Oh. Oh, darn. Well, thanks for letting us know. He says, hey, have a good night. Also, do you happen to have any protein on you? We might. Why? I'm just looking for some for my Embor. We're going to challenge the gym, and I want to make sure he's ready to go. The gym's easy. You got this. The ace trainer nods his head. He's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sell it for money. money. Overcharge the fuck out of him. Do I have any? We We do have have one. one. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we, we might happen to have a protein, but it's really, really important to us. And it'd be really difficult for us to part with unless, you know, had anything you would be willing to part with, like money. The ace trainer uh, looks at his end board and he looks at you and he says, if I had a protein, I wouldn't give it up. So good on you. <laughs> All right. That's so fair. He's like, if I had that yeah. good attack drugs, then I wouldn't give them up for nothing. But, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. I respect his integrity. He says, yeah, I'm not I'm not from around here, so I'm not sure really what you're getting at, but you don't have to brag about it. But if you are interested in giving it to me, I'll, I'll hear you out. How much is a protein worth? Yeah, 10,000. He says, for a protein? I had to do some conversions from Unovan Poke Dollars to Hoenn Poke Dollars, but gosh. I didn't realize there was a difference. Um, No, they are literally all (laughs) $9,800. Well, that's also like like yen, right? That's not. We're world building, okay? (laughs) It's fine. Okay, there could be a conversion. No, it costs ten grand (laughs) for one protein. Yeah, the conversion is point nine 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 Unovan dollars to one. Yeah, gym bros are loaded. (laughs) Um, This ace trainer is the protein that expensive? I don't know how many Poke dollars. Yeah, it's ninety eight hundred typically. Oh, okay. Um, That's 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 not a Pokeball is like two hundred, and I think we've been getting them for less than that. Some items in the system have been scaled, and some of them have been scaled in different ways based on what they do. No more details than that. 
uh, unless you want to like do something with the protein or any of the vitamins you have. Uh, this trainer, he flips through his wallet and he says, mm, I've only got 6,000 on me. Friends? Thoughts? Aren't we at 20,000? Your total, 20. yeah, your total sum is twenty, and if you sold we all of your things, at, you would have about fourteen, and that would be the rest of it. But we are so we're also going to get from, some from Omari. From, yeah, Omari, that's not the Omari money. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying that we won't have to sell every single thing we have, so we could get that, get the money from Omari, and see so what 8, we have. Plus six thousand would be. That's another fourteen, right? Fourteen. Yeah, yeah. it's another fourteen. Yeah. And then how much did we get for the star pieces? You haven't sold them. Oh, no, you did sell the star pieces. We did sell them. We have 14 from those, from all the things. We already had 14 going into this. Yeah, I think I you thought got... that was some other like cash that we had on us. You so did. we might not oh. have to blow through all of our uh, money with, that with we've the saved. Additional cash. You yeah. got 7,200 yes. from the star pieces, but on you, you had 7,334. Yeah. The, seven, the 7,334 is from the gems. Yeah. And then oh, I you don't guys, remember what the one twenty is. That might just be what you had among yourselves. I definitely yeah. have more than that. Okay, maybe this is seventy two hundred. I don't know. The star piece is in that calc. I know it. Yeah, but if we take this, the money from Amari, will we'd be in a pretty good spot. If we get five grand off this guy. We're done. Like if we just keep star pieces, the money from Amari plus the if we if we request like five grand for this, since he has six, he might be willing to push that, and well, then that would give us twenty k. Well, he has six on him. I don't think he's going to do it for six. He might. He could. I mean, you could try. Go haggle with him. But we'd still need five grand, basically. Unless we wanted to put money from ourselves into it, of course. But this could make up the difference so we don't have to spend as much money from ourselves. I'll I'll address the gentleman and I'll say, 6K sounds like a good deal there, brother. Roll of persuasion. Uh, ooh. What is persuasion again? It's off charisma. No modifiers, so just 19. Yeah. Um. He sends a hand and he says... All right, bet. With this, I'll win the gym for sure, and I'll make my money that way. I, I take out his, or I take his hand in a handshake, and I say, "Good luck with your gym badge." Okay, you do the exchange. Um, he will give you all of his money <laughs> in exchange for one protein, um, which he immediately drops in the gullet of Embor, who seems to immediately like uh, reawaken a little bit and seem like more battle hardened and prepared and it lets out a roar of flame however while this is money this doesn't exactly solve where you are resting nope camping out under the stars time yeah so be it (laughs) can we camp out under the stars in front of amari's house (laughs) sure yeah you make no sounds we just see it's more like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah we didn't have any place to go so we just decided to sleep in front of your house yeah, if that's what you guys want to do. Is there a consensus? Okay. Yep. yep. I love it. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. The Quacko Paco gathers their belongings after making an exchange and settle down in front of Omari's house. The lights are all turned off. Um, they ex- they lay out their bedrolls and they curl up in a, in a square and they uh, take a well-deserved rest. We will see how comfortable it is as Corsola are moving down, cheering to themselves and uh, stumbling over and walking on top of our adventurers. And with that, that is where we will end the session. 
Hello, and thank you for listening to the latest episode of Dunsparce and Drampa. I'd like to give an extra special thank you to William, Chas, Primal Leafeon, Matthew, and Saul, our latest patrons. There's a free trial option where you can try out getting post-show discussions for every group episode, artwork from Grace and Melissa, as well as early access and sneak peeks to other projects. I do promise the Galagala will release as soon as we record it. Just hang in there, guys. Do you have theories about the podcast? Do you want to posit your own ideas about the characters or where the plot is going? good news for you is that you can do that in a public forum where other people are doing the same it's in our discord server discord.gg slash calyrex or access the link directly from our link tree page there's plenty of discussion in there and we're really proud of the community that's joined since the podcast has started so if you would like to participate we would love to have you there otherwise i'll keep it short today but we're looking forward to seeing you for the next episode on february 27th see you then he won't kneel to summon Rayquaza. he'll just be like yo yo dude hey yo buddy I'll stick a middle finger. This to is why. Yeah, this is why he never <laughs> knows. Wait, that's sick as hell. I like that. Uh, fuck you, Sky Dragon. <laughs> Stupid. And that's what we've been missing. That's why he hasn't been coming. He's like, "What do you mean, fuck you? No, fuck you, buddy." Like, yeah. Time for girl jail. <laughs> girl jail. <laughs> okay. Girl dinner. Girl dinner. A whole seven layer cake. Girl dinner. <laughs> I'm always ready to be poisoned. Oh, <laughs> just like in real life. No. It I'm seems. Sorry. What? No, that's because he, I don't think you're gonna poison me. You made it sound like Melissa has poisoned <laughs> you before. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> it's part of my training. <laughs>